0: Hello, I'm Liv Bolton and you're listening to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire people wanting to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of their life. The Outdoors Fix is produced in association with our friends at Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports. My guest this week is hiker Nick Hardy, a woman who climbed all 214 Wainwright fells in the Lake District in a year and has created an adventure club of more than 100 people through Instagram. Through social media, she organises hikes and wild camping in the Lake District, and has brought together so many fellow outdoor enthusiasts. Her day job is an IT program manager, but over the last couple of years, adventuring has become a huge part of her life. She's one of the most energetic people I've met, and she makes a cracking cup of tea. I went to visit her in Yorkshire. Thank you so much for having me to Yorkshire. Oh, really, you're very welcome. Really fun to come here. Um, we first started messaging each other when I was in New Zealand and just about to start the Te Aroa Trail in New Zealand. And you very sweetly messaged us saying good luck because I think you're going to be doing that in maybe next year. Yeah. Um, but first of all, I just wanted to know if you could describe yourself to us and you know how you've made your life a bit more outdoors.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, I started following you because I had in mind that I wanted to do the Te Aroa as well. Um, It's been one of my adventure goals for about a year. Um, And because you were doing it the year before I was doing it, I managed to follow your whole journey, which was absolutely fantastic. I really, really um, love following adventurous people on Instagram and getting inspired and whatnot, and that was fantastic. Um, But yeah, I've not always lived a very adventurous life uh, at all, really. It's just taken a change in the last two years, um, where I've kind of decided I wanted to push myself in my outdoor pursuits Um, I did a lot of stuff alone or just with uh, a couple of friends here and there. And that's kind of grown into um, a bit of an adventure side job now, so to speak. So I run a a group of people who I've all met through Instagram just by sharing uh, photos and experiences of adventures with those people. Brought them all together and now we do things as as a collective. A variety of things from climbing, hiking, scrambling, long distance, wild camping, uh, stuff abroad stuff in this country and i absolutely love uh, doing that as a as a side job and would absolutely love to to make a career uh, in the adventure world long term but it's just small steps at this stage towards a more adventurous future
0: so you were telling me before how you have got so many people together interested in doing hikes in the Lake District. You said something about, you know, you now got about 90 people all on a WhatsApp group who you've got through Instagram. And, you know, what, what kind of adventures have you been on recently together?
1: Yeah, so there's a there's 100 people in that group now. And it has just, it's just taken off. I think what I've found is that people... We'll go on adventures. These people are all like-minded people, so we'll all do these things anyway, whether or not it's alone or in small groups. But actually, coming together and inspiring each other, somebody gets an idea, oh, why don't we do this? And it happens, you know, it's like really, really good. In the, I've been doing the Wainwrights, so I've been, uh, for anybody who doesn't know what Wainwright is, is Alfred Wainwright was a, was a writer and also a fell walker, uh, and he's written a series of books uh, categorising the fells of the Lake District, uh, into 214 of his favourite fells, um, and I've been climbing those for the last year and plotting routes and whatnot, so I use the OS Ordnance Survey Maps app to uh, plot a route and then advertise it to, to the group and say, anybody fancy coming with me and doing these? And some of them are crazy, you know, linear walks with hitchhikes back to the car, others are just like comfortable day walks, five milers, you know, up, anything up to, I think the most I've done is about a 30 mile walk uh, in one in one go. Um, and that's been a challenge for me to to do all of that within a year, a personal challenge. But then sharing it with so many other people along the way, you know, there's a couple of people in that group who have shared a hundred of those Wainwrights with. Amazing. Um, and then a, and then a small section that I'm proud of having achieved alone uh, as well on on challenges on my own. So so yeah, it's just it's just really good to open that out and share it with others. And then one of the biggest things I'm working up to is Kilimanjaro. So. With uh, seven other people within the group, we're all uh, climbing Kilimanjaro as a collective, and to bring people together from all over the country to to do something as international as you know Kilimanjaro. I mean, I've never been south of the equator before, you know, yeah. and this is just this is a trip to Tanzania um, for just a short of two weeks, and hopefully we'll stand on the roof of Africa at nearly six thousand metres.
0: It's amazing that you've brought these people together for all kinds of different adventures. And I want to talk about Kilimanjaro a little bit later on, but mm-hmm. bringing you back to the Lake District mm-hmm. and some of the you know, wild camping and big treks that you've done with some of the people from your group there, yeah. what would you say is has been the best one with the most people recently?
1: And The most people I've ever had on a, on a single walk is 19. And that started to get really kind of like, can <laughs> kind I of speak to all these people, you know? Luckily, we've always had a mixture where we've had a couple of new people um, arrive to to participate in a walk for the first time, and then people who've been on multiple walks before. So you know, you want everybody to feel comfortable. You don't want people to to feel in any way isolated. You yeah. know. And it just works and I don't have to think I've got to go around and work this group and make sure everybody feels included because everybody's just like that. Everybody's got that feeling. Nobody wants anyone to feel like left out. And yeah, even with a group as big as 19, logistics becomes a problem. You know, you have to arrange to car share in advance because, you know, there, there is an ample car park in, in, in the lakes. You know, so everybody uh, meets up, car shares, gets together, share the route in advance, and then we all just take off. And so we've had a cracking summer of amazing weather, a run of weather within, within the Lake District. I think the whole of every single weekend of May, from one bank to the to the next, was absolutely uh, fantastic weather in the lakes. And I got hundreds of fells done uh, during that period. But yeah, 19 people on a walk. Which route was um, that? And that was over in Buttermere uh, area. So oh, that was, one of my favourites. It's an absolutely stunning area of the lakes. Uh, we've had dogs come with us as well. We've had kids come with us. You know, so it's open to everyone, just depending on you know whether it's a more technical scramble or whether it's just a, a nice ramble, you know, everybody's welcome. And the most people I've ever wild camped with is 14, I think, <laughs> I Four, 14 and a dog. Where was that? And that was on Sheffield Pike. Um, which I'm from Sheffield, so that's yeah. quite a nice little link that I've got that, that there. Uh, but yeah, you walk up from Glen Ridden and we got up there, and it was a mixture of people bivvying um, and people in tents, right, like small backpacking-style tents. And we had the most amazing sunrise, oh, and we just woke up. And I think when you're bivvying, you kind of, you, you, your face is like exposed to the elements. You know, You notice a change in the sky tones and things, and I woke up. You know, came round, saw one of my friends was was sat up, and I thought, oh, what, what's going on here? Kind of sat up, and just looked, and the the beautiful cloud inversion over Ull's water that was just absolutely stunning. And then gradually everybody starts to kind of come, you know, come to, and got some amazing photographs from there, which is again the thing that links us is we're all Instagrammers, yeah. which is a very visual kind of social media. So everybody's got the ca- the cameras out taking pictures of. Them. Everything around and each other and whatnot, and yeah, just such a good atmosphere. Whether or not it's it's hiking or or the wild camping,
0: it's amazing to bring all those people and share such a beautiful experience it's together. Like yeah, 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 and
1: everybody's into into that, and you know, respectful of the environment as well. You know, we follow the leave no trace principles, and you know, you don't you don't want to create a scene. We're not up there like having a party or anything. You know, it's quite a chilled affair. When was it that you decided that you wanted to make the outdoors a bigger part of your life? I think it was a couple of years ago, and I'd set up a little walking club, um, which isn't linked to the one I'm, I run now. But I seem to do that wherever I go. <laughs> set, set up little groups, and this was a working one. Um, so people I work with, I work in public sector, and it was like a, an office full of people. And we said we wanted to just be a bit more active, and it was through the summer, and we were we were going out of a of an evening for a nice walk, low level around a reservoir, always ending in a pub mainly it was the social kind of things. It wasn't so much about what we were doing other than it was bonding within the team outside of, outside of work. And then gradually through that, uh, me and another of the, the, my colleagues, Matt, started to say, hmm, do you fancy doing something a little bit further afield, something a little bit more challenging? And we linked a works conference with an adventure week in Wales because we had a conference in, the, in South Wales so, we worked his way through Wales. Um, we did all of the Brecon Beacons, we um, went down some caves, we did some underground trampolining in Snowdonia, some Great zip fun. lining in Snowdonia, uh, we did a whitewater rafting. It was just a, a proper adventure weekend. And I did my first scrambling um, on Trifana Mountain in Snowdonia and also on onto Snowdon. And we just had the best weather. I mean, I sometimes look back and I think if that had been driving rain the whole time, would it? Would I have really got the bug for it as I have now? And I'd like to think so because I'm an all-weather walker. You know, I go out in all in all sorts now. But that week, that week was just per- perfection in terms of this is what you can, this is what you can do. And then gradually, I just started thinking, what do I want to do this weekend? Do I want to stay in and decorate, or do I want to go out? And, I, and that is just that 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 choice between doing some you know home maintenance or and whatnot has just never got above the, uh, the getting out into the mountains yeah. in terms of priorities.
0: How does it make you feel being outdoors? I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of the thing for me is that I just don't have to think about anything else, I'm mm-hmm. just looking at the scenery. What, what is it about the outdoors that just makes you so
1: addicted? It is very, very hard to articulate, but it is a, it's a feeling, it's an emotion within you. It's, an, it's not even about what you see or what you hear. just you're just there in nature just appreciating everything about it whether that's the the sense of alone but being happy alone if you're there alone or if you're in a group conversation flows so freely when you walk i don't know if you've noticed that when you sit sit with somebody it's much harder to have a conversation than it is when you when you walk and everything just just flows um i just love everything about it i love the navigational challenges um, that you find yourself in as well and i just and i particularly love when it's a journey when you've got a start and an end which is why i think i love new zealand so much because mm. it's that that feeling of walking from one end of the country to the to the other and you're really on a journey rather than just a circular where you come back to where you started
0: So Kilimanjaro, you were telling me before how that all came about Mm -hmm. in terms of who you're going with. Can you tell me a bit more about that?
1: Yeah, sure. So I basically wanted to climb uh, Kilimanjaro, but didn't have anybody else uh, in my circle at that time that that said they wanted to do it with me. Um, And I'd always had good engagement on Instagram with my following, but it was a small following, a couple of hundred people at the time. Um, But I had good comments and chat and whatnot with people. And I thought, I wonder if I'd put a post out there that says, I'm planning on doing Kilimanjaro. Does anybody fancy doing uh, Kilimanjaro with me? Um, Thinking that maybe there's other people out there who want to do something, but perhaps have been held back by the fact... You buzz off another person, don't you? You know what I mean? When you've got uh, somebody to get excited uh, with about it. So I thought, well, I'll put a post on and see what happens. And I just had an influx of people who were interested. Within a week... Um, of having the post up, I'd had to create a, a group WhatsApp chat for people who were seriously interested, you know. And um, I think there were about 14 people in that group, and I just thought, these are people who are all, like, seriously buzzing off this idea and are, and are, and are willing to make an in- investment in doing it with me. Um, but obviously, you've got to sort out the dates, uh, you know, when it is, how much time people have got to save up, what the costs are going to be, which company you're going to go with, etc. Um, and through that time, uh, the 14... Uh, a few people dropped off, but, but 10 actually uh, committed. These were all people who i had uh, not met at this point. Yeah. You know, it was absolutely bizarre. Um, but not in a way. It's like, strangely, I understood like where they were coming from, a similar place to me, you know. And so 10 of us all signed up. But the other four were like, oh, we'll help you fundraise, we'll do, do, go on training walks with you, etc." So it was nice that everybody um, had cried kind of created that digital bond, so to speak, before they'd even met. Um, and then that's when the, the walks started. And really, that the Kilimanjaro post is what uh, created the group. That were the foundations for the group that's now got 100 people in it. But how fantastic that these people, who were just strangers, really, to me, a year ago, are now good friends and we've done some you know walks together in this country. With
0: the fact that you're pretty much now in the mountains or the Lake District... At least, I mean, it seems like every weekend. How do you, I mean, at least over the summer, um, how do you make that work with your life? And, and how has
1: that impacted your life? Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much it's all down to prioritisation. So I work a Monday to Friday public sector job, but I have a good, a good amount of annual leave and I do have the ability to work flexibly so I can work say, Monday to Thursday, get all my hours in Monday to Thursday and have Friday off and that kind of thing. So I kind of work flexibly where I can to be able to support what I want to do at the weekend. Um, But yeah, you're not wrong. I think I've gone to the weekend, uh, gone to the Lake District, how many times? I think I only miss like one week in every six or seven. Um, And that's to see friends, you know, and family and catch up. But luckily I've been able to maintain those friendships and family relationships with people who aren't into the outdoors and mountains during the week and things like that. I don't buy anything new for my house, I don't buy any uh, clothes that aren't outdoors clothes, you know. keep my car, even though I've, i mean used to changing my car much more frequently in the past, I don't do that anymore. And yeah, it's just about making kind of savvy decisions about prioritising, getting in the outdoors. Because your,
0: I mean, outdoors life is quite, well, relatively recent, if mm-hmm. you say the last couple of years. If you think about yourself, say two years ago, and yourself now, Mm -hmm. what's the difference that you feel about yourself?
1: I feel like I've kind of, I've made a change, but without knowing I've been doing it, if you know what I mean. So it's very hard to say if somebody wants to make those changes, to to consciously do it, because for me it's very much just almost been a bit of a surprise you know put out that post got then this group and then I'm just running the group and it's kind of just evolved into this thing and I don't remember making a conscious decision to make a change I think the change has just happened over time and it's still evolving now you know it's only going to keep snowballing even more that's how I feel you know even with this um, opportunity to do this podcast and things like that these things are just uh, are just happening now you know um, now sponsored by Solomon as well, so I get supported in terms of kit and gear and, and opportunities that come through that. And it's just kind of just taking off in terms of, as well, I, when I, I think when I put the post out, I think I had a reach of like 100 loyal followers kind of thing and I followed them and it was all very intimate. And now it's up in the 4,000s and you just think, how has this kind of snowballed into this, you know? But yeah, it's all about those choices and kind of making a choice to live a more adventurous life. Take on challenges, i'm never without a challenge. i've always got something to a goal to work towards, and that's how I like, motivate myself really to get to get out there so that that segues quite well into my next question, which is where do you really want
0: to take it all? Are you going to be doing you know more through hikes in the future? Do you think are you going to try and make it your
1: career? yeah where,
0: where do you want it to take you
1: i would I would love um, to somehow make it a career. I'm at that point at the moment where I don't, I don't know what the stepping stones will be to get there, kind of thing. But I, I can see that I can make changes. Um, so the changes I've made now are to spend all of my days off work hiking and and getting into the mountains, and that's been a, a change that I can, you know, work through. When I finish my current contract uh, at work, which will be sort of this time next year, I will take a break and be able to dedicate. To, to through hiking for that period and then I've got to decide what i want to do when i come back and that's and that and that's kind of like a choice where I can seek to because i've got skills in um i t test management and project management could i work uh short term contracts and then adventure for the same amount of time, so work for three months, adventure for three months, work for six months, adventure for six months, you know, and I think that that kind of flexibility is something I'm, I kind of work towards because, you know, there are some people who can make a career out of adventuring, but you've got to be realistic and you've got to kind of work to it. You can't just one day wake up and say, right, I'm going to be an a, a adventurer and I'm going to go on sponsored things because it's just not going not yeah. to happen, if you know what I mean. So I kind of think, I take realistic next steps and if I think I'm, I'm very happy as I am doing what I'm doing now if I come back from New Zealand and pick up uh, you know working and adventuring at the weekends and, and weeks off and whatnot uh, up again when I come back then then that's great. But yeah I do want to push it towards um, being able to adventure for longer. So I think one of the concerns
0: some people might have if you know you're, you're wanting to go hiking, every weekend, as you do sometimes, is, you know, surely that's going to cost a hell of a lot of money, and is it something that's sustainable, and really, can I afford that? But
1: how do you make it work? Um, bizarrely, I've found myself in a situation now where I've invested a reasonable amount within my hiking and wild camping kit and gear, but other than the fuel to get to places like the Lake District, it's quite a low cost thing to do and I, and because i go with a lot of other people um friends and, and people through the group we've often got four people in a car so you're splitting the fuel like multiple ways by car sharing um and then especially when you're wild camping you're not actually paying uh, anybody for that experience you know you think you wild camp for two days in a row where you would have either been heating a house, water bills for the house, you know, except you'd be using things even within your house, like gas, electric, and water, that you're not actually using when you're when you're out and about. So yeah, there is a certain amount of investment in the gear and the kit. But once you once you've got that, you're kind of in a position where you you can sort of adventure quite frugally once you once you've uh, made those kind of commitments. And there are loads of sites out there, particularly online. So there's a Facebook site called Outdoor Gear Exchange UK and there's 80-odd thousand members of that group um, and people are basically offering swaps for things or gear that's barely been used at a much reduced uh, price. I've um, found as well that if you're a member of, of certain clubs or you... So the, the challenge I'm doing for Kilimanjaro, for example, gives me a discounted rate in certain shops uh, just because I'm, I'm, the, the company I'm going with has got a relationship with that shop also the british mountaineering council Um there's discounted rates for certain stores by being a member of of that as well so i'm a member of that so it's like wherever you can get in a getting discounts here and there there's shops like go outdoors that will price match as well so always have a you know even if you're just buying something off the cuff in a shop just say you know do you do a price match if you can find it cheaper online sometimes companies will turn around and say oh yeah we'll match that or in, in the case of go outdoors, they'll match it and they'll knock another 10% off as well. Um, so there's ways in which you can be smart, you know, buying stuff out of season. So thinking about your winter gear in April, for example, when, it's, when you're not going to be using it until November, December, um, and likewise for the, for the summer gear. So you can get good deals at different times of year um, as well. But I found, you know, I think if I wasn't going into the fells of a weekend... I would be at home, I'd be eating out more. You know, I'm eating these de- dehydrated meals that I'm just adding boiling water to and waiting eight minutes and then uh, and then uh, eating those instead of, you know, buying those in bulk as well. Uh, I, I used a discount code that I'd picked up by going to Keswick Mountain Festival this year. I bought in bulk, I think it was about 50 uh, meals because they've got long dates on them. So, you know, I know I'm going to get through those by. Uh, the year 2022 or something or whatever it is I don't think you know you have to spend an arm and a leg to um, to get out there enjoying the outdoors hiking and camping in each podcast
0: I ask my interviewee three people who they find really inspirational so who are the three for you
1: um, the first would be uh, Anna McNuff. She's an uh, English adventurer. Um, she's done so much uh, with a massive smile on her face and always tells a cracking tale when she comes back. So she's also a writer. She's written books. She does a lot of talks. Um, her Instagram is really quite engaging as well. She does a lot of stories while she's you know, running and laughing all the time, just having an absolute ball. Um, And she really uh, kind of inspires me to get out and do big challenges. So like, she first um, sort of came to my attention when I watched a YouTube video of her giving a talk at something called the Night of Adventure. And that was around uh, a a challenge that she did with a a friend, which was cycling self-supported through the Andes. It was about 5,000 miles um, in blazing hot sunshine. And then the, the, the undertone through it all is just comedy and having a smile on your face and just getting Getting through challenges that are really quite, you know, um, that really do challenge you, you know, to a big degree. Um, but using humour to get to get th- through things. Um, and then also I was giving Anna's uh, book as a gift as well because when I said I was going to uh, walk the Tararoa Trail, she's written a book called The Panzer Perspective, which is about her experience running the trail um, nice. southbound, at, uh, sorry, south to northbound. And she was, uh, which is the opposite way that I'm going to go north to south. So she went south to north. Um, but yeah, running, running it with a tent, sleeping bag, everything on her back, food and whatnot. And all about the interactions that she's had with the people that she's met and, what, and whatnot through the, through the challenge. I think she did it in 100 odd days, somewhere around that mark. Um, it makes me want to weep. I mean,
0: literally, <laughs> we struggled through that trail, and she ran it. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's amazing. Exactly.
1: So I, I like to kind of look at people and then think, yeah, that's massively inspirational what you're doing. But I'm gonna, you know, turn it down slightly for my. <laughs> for my oh my god. Experience. When you get to some of those ridges and you just think about her, oh. Yeah. yeah running running over the mountains that's mm-hmm. just crazy but yeah it's it's how she is in terms of how engaging she is so like when i was reading her book i look, put a little story on uh, on my on my instagram story to say oh like reading this amazing book and then she like responded to that and then we had a bit of an exchange between she like that kind of thing of having a lot of interaction you know if ever i put a post on instagram You know, somebody comments, takes the time out of their day to comment, I'll always reply and things like that. And I think Anna's got that kind of like real personable touch. She's also set up a a movement called Adventure Queens, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of, you know, inviting all women really uh, in the adventure kind of world uh, to come together. They arrange meets. So I intend to go on one of those in the future as well. Uh, camp outs and, and different Fantastic. challenges and whatnot. so so yeah bringing people together that, that's on Facebook as well as um, Instagram as well um, so yeah Anna, I found find really kind of inspirational to me uh, as a as a female adventurer
0: How about your second one?
1: Um, second one would be James Michael Forrest he is an amazing adventurer, peak bagger so in terms of me doing the wainwrights uh, and bagging those uh, kind of in the way that I have He's done that on a bigger scale in terms of he's, he's done all the nuttles in England and Wales. So that's like a classification of mountain that's all the 2,000 footers. He did that around his job, but as a challenge uh, and completed them all within a six-month period, which is the fastest time um, that anybody's ever done all the nuttles in. Um, and then he's written a book about it. Got kind of like a real, kind of turned doing a challenge into like a, an actual thing which is going to make him money as well which is good
0: and and your third one you were telling me it's a, it's a girl who has also been on lots of your meetups
1: yeah so that's um, jessica mother jessica mother 91 she is on instagram and she is um, a lot younger than me she's just t- turned 27 and she is absolutely full of enthusiasm for the outdoors but i mean the thing with jess is when i first met jess this was on a, a scramble of uh, crowd and Clough onto kinder scout and that was the first meet and there were only three of us on the meet. And she said, oh, Nick, I'm not sure I can do this scramble up this side of this waterfall. I'm really a bit nervous. I've got vertigo. And I said, oh, no, it's fine. You know, I coached her through it and everything. And then afterwards she said um, the reason she uh, that she has those kind of fears is because she lost her best friend on a mountain. So her best friend suddenly took a bad step on um, just off a haystacks in the Lake District and uh died of a head injury and she was she wasn't there but she was with her mom at the time and that was obviously very traumatic for her mom Gosh. and jess was uh, absolutely devastated obviously by that and at the time all jess had done um was applied for uh, a competition to win a an opportunity to climb kilimanjaro through work and she got accepted and she told everybody she'd got accepted. And then they were like, Jess, you don't even climb mountains. You know, you don't even walk. At that point, she didn't even go on any hikes. Mm. So she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and then got the bug from that point. So she was going to um, climb Everest Base Camp. At the time uh, that a friend passed away, she took her ashes to Everest Base Camp and scattered them wow. there at the memorial, uh, which is obviously you know massively emotional for Jess to do that. And then since then, she's done Mount Toubkal in Morocco. Um, and then just recently she's um, oh she's also done the Annapurna circuit as well, and then most recently she's done Stock Kangri, which is actually over six thousand meter wow. peak, which is uh, her first of that nature in the Himalayas, the Indian side, and uh, and every single thing she does with a friend, you know, with a friend in mind. So she she'd never been on on paystacks since uh, since that, and she said to me just a few months after we'd met, oh Nikki, you now I really love this. This group and everything, and I, for the first time in my life, I feel comfortable mm. going and do haystacks. If you'll come with me, and we go as a group, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. If that's you know, if that's what you want to do, and we just, uh, you know, sometimes you've just got to have a date in mind, but the weather could have been horrific, you know. Yeah. But it was the most beautiful sunset that we went up for. Took some Nepal prayer flags, sunflowers. As yellow was a favorite color, it was absolutely just beautiful experience to share with Jess. And I just think how strong you've got to be to have, to have lost your best friend who you'd grown up with, in your early twenties, and then still like put everything into living the life that Vicky would have uh, wanted to, to live, and share with her. So Jess, I just find amazingly strong, uh, adventurous person, you know. And she's, and it you know, despite being younger than me, has done loads and loads of international um, peaks, which you know I just think is is fantastic.
0: She sounds absolutely awesome. Coming up at the end of the podcast, your real outdoors fix. A minute of the sounds of nature to divert your mind away from daily life. But first, back to Nick for her tips and advice. So what I wanted to ask you, Nick, was what would be your advice to people who you know, may not have that many people to go on outdoors adventures with.
1: One thing would be to set up your own community of people, that's one option. Another thing is to reach out and join an existing uh, community group that's, o- that's already there, so have a search around and see what you can find. But yeah, if you decide to kind of look to set something up yourself, you don't know what the, what the interaction's going to be until it starts really. So I mean, for me, I never even intended to do it. I just put a post out there and said, does anybody want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro with me? That could be, does anybody want to climb Snowdon with me? Or Scarfall Pike or, or anything else? Um, so yeah, stick stick a post out there that's asking a question and then see what you get back in terms of uh, comments. But I manage my group within, within WhatsApp. So all you really need to be able to do that is somebody's name, somebody's phone number, and you've got a group of people Uh, there within whatsapp and the way that my group's kind of uh, gone on is i basically say oh i fancy doing this walk um i might plan a route uh, in advance that i want to do um and i do that within the os maps app and then i'll screenshot it and say this is the this is the route i'm planning so this is where we would start i can put that in my instagram story so a lot of people see it and then you've got the thing with putting things in stories is, when people reply, it goes direct to you. So nobody's afraid of asking a stupid question or anything like that, um, because it just goes through and it's, and it's quite private in that sense. Um, but then you get people together in a, in a subgroup within WhatsApp that I administer just to talk about that, that one uh, trip. And then it's building the logistics. So it's like, this is the route we're gonna take. These are the car parking options. So if anybody wants to car share, um, they can get together and, and make arrangements like that. It's reminding people some of the safety things, you know this isn't going to involve a bit of scrambling are you comfortable with that? Making sure everybody's you know, appropriately skilled you know, I've had I've had some you know, blunders on on walks where somebody's forgot a waterproof jacket and it started raining um, and everybody's trying to help everybody out with sharing, sharing gear and kit. People running out of water because they're not carrying enough water so it's Although you don't want to appear kind of patronising to people, you've got to make sure everybody's well equipped because it it's, a, it's a strange thing to do. There's a lot of trust in the mountains. You have to trust who you're with, um, and you, you can't build that trust over a space of uh, an hour after meeting somebody. So you've got to make sure that people are, are competent, you know. Um, so, yeah, so um, putting that together on, on the group so you've got the logistics sorted, you've got where you're going, uh, who you're going with start a bit of banter, a bit of random, you know, bits and bats of a funny conversation here and there. So everybody feels like they almost know each other before they actually come to meet. Um, and then once you get together, publish that on Instagram and then it, it grows itself then. So you're taking lots of photos of each other, lots of selfies, lots of group pictures, sticking that in the stories and in the posts. And before you know it, that drives more, uh, more interest because people will see that and think they want a, want a piece of that, if you know what I mean. Uh, and then people join the group and that's how it's kind of built for me up to now a community of these 100 like-minded people all getting together and doing things you know m- most of those people that have come on on one walk have then gone on uh, to join something else as well so the majority of people do you know get the bug after after walking once but yeah some a lot of people i find enjoy that solitary uh, kind of doing things alone because they it's all they they can do because they don't know anybody else who's 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 into what they're into uh, and they're happy doing it but then as soon as you put them in that situation where you've got a group of 10 people and there's a buzz around it and they're part of that you just see them come to life and they're just absolutely uh, loving it which is great i mean my my group of um christened me the hashtag instagram social secretary which goes on all of my things so that if people follow that hashtag then they'll see things that are, that are coming up and and walks that we've been on it's all got that kind of uh, banter element to it you know where you've got you know the jokers are of the of the pack are the people who are, will entertain people running backwards and forwards on the trail and things um, and and doing silly things while you're out there and then we've got you know the mums and dads of the group, the older ones, and then the younger ones. So, like, the thing is about opening up as well to 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 diversity and just thinking. You know, there's loads of people out there. There's older people with a lot a lot of experience that you can learn from. And I think the oldest pe- people in the group, 64, I think, is the is the age of the oldest guy there, Dave. Amazing. And what about the youngest? Uh youngest would be 20. He was 20 when he joined. Um, that would be Saul. He was a Fuller Bean is doing the Kilimanjaro trip with me as well. We've got a massive, you know, age difference between the oldest and the youngest members. A mixture of men and women, people from different backgrounds, different areas of the country. Even within the group, we've got uh, somebody who lives in Germany, somebody who lives in Ireland. You know, um, so it's just a it's just a, a, a mixed bag. And then as long as you're just open to not judging people, getting together, you know, taking people as you as you find them and they find you and just uh, just enjoying time together you know Um, and as much work as I've put into it in terms of setting up and administering the main group uh, all the subgroups and coming up with the ideas for the different walks and things like that it has given back to me in in satisfaction and just good times with with good people good friends people who have become real friends that it doesn't feel like hard work at all it's not it's not a chore it's not a job it's a it's a hobby and it and it and it give, gives back more than what I put into it you know
0: well I mean I just cannot wait to see how the group you know continues and and also your adventures in Kilimanjaro and Te Araroa, which I'm going to be so envious when I see you doing that again because I will want to be back there You're myself going to to follow me I'm afraid oh my <laughs> goodness it's going to be so great um, but thank you so much for chatting to me it's been brilliant and, and just so lovely to meet you finally in the flesh um, but yeah good luck with all your adventures thank you very much Before we get to the real Outdoors Fix, which is a relaxing minute of the sounds of nature, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, and if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to it. Also, I'd love to hear your feedback about the Outdoors Fix, so please leave your comments on the website or on social media. The website is theoutdoorsfix.com. On there, you'll also find photos of Nick and her Adventure Club, as well as other podcast episodes. But now, time to forget about everything for a minute. Thank you for listening to The Outdoors Fix. The podcast is proudly supported by Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports, stores nationwide and online, offering everything you need to equip you for the best outdoors experience.